0: It's day 89 of my 90 day money challenge. Wow, we are almost there. It has been a wild three months of just an incredible amount of growth around my relationship with money. And not just that, but I know that so many of you have had breakthroughs. I get a message about every day with somebody's breakthrough. And It's just such a delight to be uh, sharing this and engaging in this very honest conversation with all of you. Uh, So let's dive into today's belief, which is I have to work before I play. In these last couple, I want to be really good ones, and today this one is a good one. So I have to work before I play, right? What's the situation here? Well, I grew up with this belief that you have to work before you play. That's just the way it is. And I remember in third grade literally being forced to finish this math homework that I was really struggling with and that the the person in this after school program uh, wouldn't help me with or didn't really understand how to actually help me with. And I was stuck in there for what seemed like hours while out the window I could see or it was a, it was a door at the doorframe. I could see the The sunny California afternoon, and kids playing kickball in the grass, and there I am stuck in this dark, you know, um, fluorescent, lit, but kind of feeling dark room with that bright sunshine outside and all that play happening. and it was the starkest contrast between work and play, and that was in third grade. and then, over time, it's come up again and again and again, that feeling, that same kind of shame, like, yep, I'm supposed to be sitting here doing my work, and and that work is not enjoyable. That's how you know that you're supposed to do it, is if it's stressful and confusing and difficult, and you just don't want to do it. You just want to play. That's how you know you're supposed to do it, right? And it's really this big shaming technique, right? So what I'm really curious about is what would happen free of all of this story, right? Who would we be? Is it really true that we have to work before we play? All right, let's take a look at the work. I have to work before I play. Is it true? Well, one thing that I started to see when I dove into this thought and what I really wanted to do is go in and ask that young self, ask that third grader. What I saw is that actually some of my play decisions have made tremendous progress for me, and when I was in third grade in that moment, I had just moved to the U.S. from England, and you know what I needed more than understanding how to do long division and not really getting it was to make friends and to go out and play. And that could have helped my learning and my feeling included in the community of kids who I'd never met before. So play could actually be such a tremendous progress in the work world, right? And recently I had an experience of this where actually the reason for me doing this 90 day challenge at all was from my friend Susie, who created poopery and um, is a serial entrepreneur. And uh, she invited me to this course that she was doing about transformational work with a lot of other entrepreneurs. And uh, I decided kind of on a whim to say, yeah, sure, I would love to take your course. And that was totally play, nothing to do with work, just some inner, inner growth work, which is a kind of a play realm for me. And I ended up meeting tons of people, ended up becoming a mentor in the, in the next course, and was invited back, and I'm going to be a mentor in, a, in the upcoming course, and uh, have just met the most amazing people. And then some of those people have gone on to become website clients of mine, or business coaching clients of mine. And so play absolutely leads into work. So what I saw is I need I have to work before I play. Is that really true? No. And then the other element is that if I'm already burned out and I am still thinking that same thought, I have to work before I play, and if I've already been working a lot, whether it's for a bunch of days in a row without breaking or in a bunch of time within the day without breaking, then I'm going to burn out, which is really bad for work. And you know it as well as me that. When you're burned out, your work is really probably not going to see the light of day or it's just kind of a routine. It's not good work, right? So is it true that you have to work before you play? No. And part of the key in there is that the belief I have to work before I play, it's the same every time. There's no flexibility in there. It's this kind of hard, rigid belief that doesn't account for actual context. And uh, that just reminded me of this line from uh, the, the new Star Trek Discovery um, where uh, the the captain of the, the starship says something like, um, like universal law is for lackeys and context is for kings. And I feel like that is what's going on here is we're the lackeys with these... Thoughts on repeat. They're just saying the same thing all the time. This thought doesn't care if I'm working or playing. It's just saying you have to work before you play every time. It doesn't care if I'm burned out. It doesn't care if I have lots of energy. It's the same thing. So that's why it's worth breaking through. All right, let's go into question number three of the work of Byron Katie and look at, I have to work before I play. What happens? How do we react to this thought coming up? What happens when we believe it? For me, it's a jolt of seriousness in my system. I immediately stop having fun, whatever I'm doing. I immediately drop out of presence with my surroundings. Maybe I'm talking to somebody and then I have the thought, ooh, I should work before I play. And then immediately I drop out of that connection into my mental planning, calculating, task tracking mode. Ooh, I feel like I have something I have to do. Oh yes, I have all of these tasks. And somebody may be talking to me when that thought comes up And then I drop out of that connection, right? That's a real impact from believing that I have to work before I play. And then in my body, I feel hard. I feel a tight jaw when I'm believing that I have to work before I play. I feel very held and shallow breathing. It's like if my full breath uh, extends up tall, it's squashed down to a very small, shallow amount of breath that's actually happening because my whole body is clenched And there's this kind of hollowness in my torso and my forehead is scrunched as I'm focusing on I have to work before I play. Basically what I saw is that I'm leaving my body, I'm leaving my body for dead and entering the brain-only version of Noé, where I'm very serious and I'm completely disconnected from reality because what I'm doing is very serious. And it's a complete mind trip. And when I look to the past, I see that third grade me wanting to play outside in this after school program that, where they're pushing me to do this long division. And I remember feeling frustrated and resentful and also like an idiot and like I'm being punished. I'm being punished for not understanding something. So not understanding means that you're permanently an idiot which means that you should be punished, right? This is the lesson I learned from that day. And when I look to the future, I then punish myself with the guilt of wasting precious time if I'm playing, right? When I should be sitting down struggling or lounging when I should be working hard and accomplishing things. Um, and whether that's talking to friends or... Uh, playing games or goofing off or just having conversations that aren't related to work, it seems like all of that is not responsible, not serious, not respectable. It's not moving me forward. It's not leading to success. It's not leading to wealth. It's not leading to abundance. All of that comes out of that belief, I have to work before I play because work is the only thing that's going to take me to success. Do you have that story as well? I bet you do. So what I've learned out of this, and you might resonate here, is that I've learned to hate work and fantasize about play. Right? They're the two extremes on the opposite ends. And so I learned the addictive cycle between work and life, quote unquote. And it's this burnout cycle where just like the factory model enforced upon us, You work, 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 work in this giant block of time and then you get to have your life after that. And then you have to go back into the factory the next day and put in your time and then you get freedom after that, which is just the least human thing that we could do to ourselves is to segment our time in two giant blocks. One is all work and one is all life or play. And actually, I'm uh, in the process of writing a book about this that's called Energy Pools that's about the actual humanness behind different areas like our intellectual, uh, our physical, our emotional, our spiritual, or sort of other connected uh, realms of energy, right? We We use up physical energy doing some things and we gain physical energy doing some things. And same with emotional and intellectual and spiritual, right? We use and gain energy in all these different ways in different times throughout the day. Some of us tend to be more early in the day and late in the day. Uh, And some of us uh, get different energy from different foods, right? Our gut is worked in there. There's so much that goes into creating a really... uh, energetic existence that to separate things into work and life is just utterly ridiculous and yet we're all doing it right we've we've done it for simplicity and the reason we've done it is is where I'll transition us into how I treat myself when I'm believing that I have to work before I play which is That I I treat myself like I can't be trusted with play, and I feel like that's how our country has treated ourselves, and that's how our world has treated ourselves, at least the colonized world, is that people can't be trusted with play because they're just going to keep playing forever, and they're never going to do any work, and work is what drives our society forward, so we have to get people to do that. We have to force people to do that. We have to corral them like cattle And create blinders and rules and the best way to create a rule is right in childhood to hammer it in again and again through the education system that you have to work before you play because if you play, that's dangerous and you're just going to horse around forever and you're never going to get anything done and you're going to end up being uh, an outcast of society, so you better work right? And that is hammered in because we don't trust ourselves with play. We don't trust ourselves to understand what play is actually work and what work is actually play. We don't trust ourselves to take breaks in between intensive sessions, whether it's intensive intellectually, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. We don't trust ourselves to actually manage, and we don't teach ourselves. We don't teach our kids. We don't teach each other. We don't teach our peers, We don't have mentors that are teaching us to balance. Well, now we're starting to, right? Folks are starting to get more interested in this, in this balancing topic, right? But in general, believing the thought I have to work before I play is treating yourself like a child in all moments, and you're the severe parent punishing the child all the time for wanting to play, And that cycle you could do for a long, 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 long time and it's just going to keep burning you out, burning you out, burning you out and creating more stress and then you're just going to pass it on to somebody else because you think that's the way it is. Wow. What would it be like if this whole thing disappeared totally free of this whole belief system, this whole way of being, this whole storyline of how the world is? what i see is that work nourishes my contributor that's why i work is i want to contribute right and when i contribute then i can also receive and sustain myself so there's so work is satisfying that part of my life and play is nourishing my connector and my uh resting one my um my rejuvenation. But even more than that, to separate life into work and play is, like I said, a pretty ridiculous endeavor. So what's actually happening here is that when I say work, I have to work before I play. What I'm really talking about is all of these tasks that I don't really want to do. That's what I mean. That That's why I don't call it play. And that's where we've gotten so used to confusing work with tasks that we don't necessarily want to do or that don't feel joyous, that we've created this whole system where if we're not stressed out, it doesn't seem like legitimate work, and then we end up punishing ourselves for not working enough. And what I want to do is just tear that whole system apart into a million smithereens because those million smithereens are the specific things that we're actually doing. Right, Work is actually composed of things like emails. It's composed of things like uh, work conversations in meetings, brainstorming, writing, admin time. And what we usually call play is uh, includes things like Casual conversation, includes like deep conversations, includes emotional connection and emotional labor, includes nature time, includes exercise, includes rest, includes uh, body awareness, includes emotional awareness, includes spiritual practice, right? These are actually specific things that we've grouped into these categories and then one of them is bad and we want to spend as as little time possible doing it and the other one is good and we want to spend as much time as possible doing it. And then we write books about it and then we build systems about it. And then there are some people who have figured out how to spend more time playing than working. And all of that is outside of the genuine realm of we're humans together here on a planet. We thrive on contributing to each other and building society. We thrive on generosity between each other, right? These are these are natural things that we thrive on, on goodness and kindness and wisdom and sharing, sharing our strengths, sharing our skills, right? And this is what I see free of the belief that I have to work before I play is I see all of these categories of things to do and I see that it's really a game of balance, and I feel very relaxed because I know that even in one moment, if I'm uh, working and th- that's going well, I know that if I keep pushing it, if I start pushing, it's gonna affect me later. It's gonna bring me into a burnout place where I'm killing my energy, and I'm basically I'm I'm, a, I'm depleted, and then I keep trying to use that same energy pool. And then that is starting to throw my whole system off. It's starting to pull all of my resources into that one place and throwing me off. And so I can see very clearly that, oh, there is a balance. I'm meant to be enjoying myself all of the time, right? So that whatever life comes toward me, whatever challenges, difficulties life throws at me, I'm enjoying myself when I can receive them And then maybe there's some struggling I have to do to get through something, some learning, right? Or some kind of growth. And then there's lots of just pure celebration, right? So maybe there's learning, maybe there's celebration. um, Maybe there are difficult things to overcome. But my resting state is not meant to be stress. It's meant to be balance. It's meant to be the energy pools are all balanced. You know, the physical, the spiritual, the intellectual, the emotional, uh, and other energy pools that you might notice for yourself. And what I know is that my system will tell me if I'm actually listening, rather than forcing myself to work when I think that I should be working instead of playing, when I'm actually listening, my system knows what to do. It knows when it's time to shift gears, right? What I call taking a break means changing from one energy pool to another. All right, let's take a look now at the turnarounds. I have to work before I play." Turns around into, "I don't have to work before I play." All right? So how is this true? Well, the first one is that uh, when I said yes to taking up uh, Susie on joining her online course, that led me in to this incredible uh, amount of play that led me into all these work opportunities including doing this 90-day challenge was one of the things that she challenged me to do along this period of doing her course. So play can actually lead to work. I don't need to work before I play. That's not necessarily true, right? Another example of how I don't have to work before I play is true is that often work that I do when I'm pushing myself, when I'm already depleted, ends up never being used because I've gone down this rabbit hole and I've gotten I've lost sight of the overall. I've lost sight of the purpose. And that work often never sees the light of day, and it's kind of wasted in a sense. And when I get to zoom out, I can see whether uh, that's what I want to put energy into. I can see whether that's actually a smart decision or not. Right, Another example of how I don't have to work before I play is that Sometimes I have to play before I work in order to avoid burnout, right? If I'm keenly aware of what's happening in my system, my system's gonna tell me, you know what? It's time to go for a run. It's time to just lounge and have a conversation. It's time to go play a game. It's time to go for a walk. It's time to take a bath. It's time to play. And my system will know that When I play, it will take me back into that balance. And the difficult point here is that I feel like most people don't know how to get back into balance without being in burnout, without the signal to their system being so loud and stressful that they literally can't get up or they literally make themselves sick or they're they're literally, they injure themselves Right? we go so far down this pushing ourselves to working working and burnout even if that work is just that sort of productivity cycle it doesn't doesn't matter if it's necessarily about your job but that work that that um, Puritan like work ethic to the extreme I feel like almost everybody in our society has that and it's caused us to lose the subtle awareness that tells us how we can Keep filling back up our energy pools, right, which is a subtle art. And, but that art means that we're always enjoying ourselves. We don't have to hit a bottom to realize that we need to take a break. We just need to notice, hmm, I'm feeling a little hungry. Hmm, I'm feeling a little like I've been at the computer for a little bit too long. I want to take a breath and I want to change gears, do something else for a little while. You know, even if you have a to-do list. Right, so important to develop these subtle awareness skills, and yet nobody's doing it. All right, I have to work before I play. One more turnaround for you. I have to play before I work. So how might this be true? Well, the first one is, uh, as all the great geniuses of the world have discovered, ideas come when you're playing, and those new ideas can transform your life. They can transform your business. They can transform the work that you're doing. They can transform... The scientific world. Play brings ideas. It's so important. And there's now lots of material supporting this, lots of science actually demonstrating that without play, uh, we just get stuck and we don't move forward. Another example of how I have to play before I work is that new connections come while we're playing, right? We can't actually build relationships by networking all the time. And by networking, I mean trying to get our agenda met and trying to push forward something, something, something. We actually build connections by making friends, by having conversations, by getting to know people and their lives, by making heart connections, <clears throat> right? That, and, and by being generous, by reaching out, by talking. That's how we actually make new connections. And those connections build trust. And that trust builds further network. And that network can bring us business and work. Right. And in a very specific way, I've learned this. Like the way that I have mastered sales is that I play before I work always. Right. In sales conversations, if you are too focused on the money and too focused on the opportunity and too focused on pushing and trying to, you know, be very, um, very overly professional you're gonna miss out on the actual connection that builds trust and that trust makes sales. And it builds long-term relationships with people. So I always start by getting curious about who is this person and what are they doing and, and why why are they interested in my services. And I want to know who they are. I want to actually spend some time laughing with them or you know, chatting about the weird messed up state of the world. Um, you know, even if it's just for you know two or three sentences, I always start playing before I work, and then at the very end we talk about all of the logistics. But we slowly get there through play and through you know conversation and communication. Right? It's meant to be an enjoyable process to actually invest in something. Right? It's not meant to be stressful. It's not meant to be painful. It's not meant to feel like you're you're giving up. Money in exchange for something that you're not sure is worth it. No, an exchange is meant to be something where you get to build a relationship with somebody, that you're always collaborating with somebody. It should feel like that. I have to play before I work. That's an order. <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave it there for today. And tomorrow's going to be my last day with the 90 day challenge. And I'll probably throw in some bonus sessions. Uh, over time, just to kind of keep keep uh, some occasional new things up here. But tomorrow is officially our last day in the 90-day challenge. If you have got today 89 as well, I want to give you the biggest congratulation for making it this far. You're awesome. And keep going for one more day. I will see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the 90 Day Money Challenge. All episodes are available in video form with me, Noe Kalfa, waving my arms and wearing spiffy new outfits every day. You can access these videos and join the conversation by following at Noe Kalfa on Instagram. This podcast is a production of Worth the Journey with editing help from Simone Sanz and art by Malcolm Renee Raibo. Worth the Journey is the business and marketing agency I created where you can find everything you need to launch and grow your heart-centered business—from virtual assistants to business coaching to website and graphic design—our team is seriously amazing. Gotta check us out at WorthTheJourney.com. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.